The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Blooming in the Light with your host, Marie Helen Turan. Are you one of the many people who face challenges every day in your life and find it can be more than a struggle at times? Our program will show you that these challenges can be turned into gems based on wisdom and experience that you'll hear today. Now, here is Marie Helen Turan. Welcome. Here we are again, blooming in the light. Is welcoming you. I'm very, very happy to be with you again today. I'm starting to really develop a relationship with you. I am your host, Marie-Helen Turen. Uh, you are listening, like I said, to Blooming in the Light. You can like my Colemni Facebook page or connect me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can email me at colemni at gmail.com like several of you have done, and I'm very thankful for that. Colemni is spelled K-O-L-A-I-M-N-I. Today, I have decided to talk to you about something very, very personal. The name of the show is Blooming in the Light, and as we have already discussed, that is something that involves action, opening. It is a spiritual path. Uh, the subtitle of the show is Nurturing the Seed of the Self. Now, by now, you have understood the two paths that I have used for that, which, among, among other paths, I mean, in terms of techniques, of course, I have used transcendental meditation for the longest time since it's been 42 years or 43 years, something like that. And uh, I have also had the privilege of learning Kolemni from Michi Garza, which also gives me the opportunity of um, functioning at that quantum field where all is one and uh, where we actually nurture, completely nurture the seed of our unbounded self. Um, what I want to discuss with you today is the path. Of course, I haven't done 24 years, uh, 43 years of meditation and 20 years of Kolemni without some results. Otherwise, I would have stopped. Um, but along the path, there has been times that were very wonderful. There have been times that were more difficult. And um, there were times when I felt that I would really like to be able to share what I was going through. That was a little bit surprising. And to be able to share that with other people. And, but I was very shy about it. And I have decided that in case some of you are going through the same things that I went through, I want to share it with you because that's what I needed and that's what I found in a book, actually. And it was extremely helpful to me. So I figured, you know, even though it is, I hesitated because it is so darn personal. But I felt I was very happy that somebody had put their experience in writing, that I had access to it and I could relate it to my own. And I felt that I owe you that. I owe you that if you're listening to me today, I owe you to just come out. So I'm going to talk about my experience, not because I want to talk about myself because that is not interesting in itself, but because it can help somebody. And um, like I said, when I started meditation, I was 20 something, 20, I guess. And... Uh, um, 
you know, you have an idea of what the path is going to be. Um, you've been told about awakening, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. And of course, since it is something that we don't know of, that we don't experience, we form an idea about what it will be, what it could be. And as we grow on the path, we realize that whatever it is we're experiencing does not match what we thought it was going to be like. So it is, what is the word? Discom something. It is strange. And it makes you wonder. There's a lot of questions that come. And um, there was a time about 20 years after I started TM when I was going through a lot of changes, a lot of changes on the level of perception, on the level of my intellect, on all kinds of levels. And there was a longing. There was a sense of something. There was an urge. There was definitely an urge. So let me go, well, you know, I'm going to take one thing at a time. So the urge was unity. There was a sense of separateness. There was a need for unity. I, I remember telling my husband, I want to be one of a gigantic flying squirrel and stretch all over the universe and just blend in it. That's, that was the urge. And it was a screaming urge. So that was not very comfortable. The other thing that was going on was, like I said, a lot of different perceptions. Perceptions that I didn't have before. Hearing answers when I asked a question. Hearing my higher self just answer. And at first it was like, no, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What did you say? I want to talk to you. Come back. But there was, that was the end of the communication. So that was a, a new thing, you know. I mean, when you've been raised thinking that hearing voices is not wise, <laughs> it's not a good sign. But, um, but in this case, the answers were just always what I needed. So I had to get used to that. Um, there, my sense of touch got very, very fine. I remember um, times of difficulties. It was, it was a rough time um, in, for our family, um, professionally for my husband, among other things. And I remember one time just falling on my knees in the kitchen because it was so hard and thinking, I need help. And feeling a touch. It was in the summer. I was sleeveless and feeling a touch all around my arms. Something, someone with a very gentle touch was holding me to the point that I opened my eyes to check. But of course, my sense of sight was not following my sense of touch. So there was nothing I could see. But I knew I had felt that. Also, one time there was some situation that came up. And um, I noticed that I had a growth in my stomach and I got, my husband was traveling and I got really scared. I was at home with my three kids and I didn't want to alert anybody because I thought it's probably minor. It could be minor, but it could also be cancer. And so I was, I was afraid. I was simply afraid and I didn't want to alert anybody, so I didn't say anything. I made an appointment. I had to wait for three days to see the doctor. Those were long days, and especially long nights, because I couldn't sleep. And um, on the third night, I said, okay, enough. And I called. I prayed. I said, I need help. Please make me sleep. And I could feel it. I felt two hands that the palm of those hands positioned themselves above the palm of my hands with the fingers touching my wrists. And I felt this flow of peace just invade me. And the next thing I knew, it was the next morning I had slept the whole night. So this kind of experiences became daily realities. And it brought a lot of questions. 
And at the same time, my intellect was racing. It wanted to know everything and now. It turned into a rowdy teenager. It was, I want to understand everything. I have to understand everything. I have to have questions, to have answers. And it was not comfortable. And it brought me to a point where I had to let go, which we all know is a big experience. And I had to train my intellect to serve me instead of driving me nuts. And I had to learn to live from the level of intuition and heart. I had not to bypass my intellect because you need it. I mean, if we have one, it's to be used. It is something that helps us make wise decisions as long as it is not what takes over our intuition. It has to be a servant, not something that is driving us nuts. So I had to put my intellect in its place and tell it when I will want to check on something, I will call upon you and you'll be welcome to answer my call. In the meantime, I'm going to function from the level of intuition because that's where I'm comfortable right now. So that worked really well, except that the intellect went, and what if you are all wrong? What if what you think is, is not? What if it is a figment of your imagination, of your brain functioning, of all these questions? And it reminded me of something that Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, my TM teacher, said when I was on teacher training course. He lectured on what he calls um, higher states of consciousness. And the thing that was presented, you know, when you have to present something, you have to use words, and words just don't do it. But they give you an idea. And, uh, and Marishi had given us some ideas of situations or elements that would allow us to see where we stood on the path, except that it seemed like it was a linear thing one thing at a time, whereas my experiences were not one thing at a time. It was all mixed together. And so my intellect being in that very demanding stage was wanting to know where do I stand? Where do I stand? Where am I? What's going on? What of those stages of growth am I in? Etc., etc. And there were answers because of the characteristics that Marishi had given us. So it seemed like maybe I could put this, this label on it or that label on it. But at the same time, it wasn't when I thought it was going to be because it was at the same time very surprising, but very spontaneous, very natural. And when I had learned about this, different stages of growth, it had felt like a big deal. And this was something that was just so spontaneous. And the rest of life was just the same old thing, you know, pick up the groceries, cook, take the kids to school, struggle with this, um, be happy with that, etc. It was just very integrated. And so it was different from what I expected. And so I really wanted to know where I stood. I wanted... I wanted markers. And all in all, it all brought me to a point where I said, you know what, this is very tiring. I don't want the markers. I don't care where I am. I am now. I'm here. Leave me alone. I wanted my intellect to just leave me alone and let me be. And that's what it did. But it was nagging me because of that doubt thing. And I remember very well Marishi telling us something on teacher teacher training course. He said, once you reach cosmic consciousness, which I don't know if that's what I reached or not, and I couldn't care less at this point, then doubt comes in. And I thought to myself, darn it, you do all that growth to only be faced with doubt? And now I think that 
doubt is a very healthy thing unless you let it take over. Because then, yes, I was faced with doubt. Yes, my intellect was giving me a hard time. And I had to tell it, you know what? I don't care if I'm wrong. Because that's what I live. That's what is for me. And like I said, it's here, it's now. That's what is. That's what I want. That's what is for me. And if I'm wrong, I'll find out when I die. But right now, this is what my life is. This is what my experience is. And I'm just going to go with it. And I'm not afraid to be wrong. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I choose to live that way. And I'm fine with it. And I realized that doubt in this sense is very healthy because it just makes us be what we are. It just makes us say, okay, I don't care if I'm wrong. And it is healthy in this sense that it prevents us from beliefs that we will hang on to for dear life and be ready to do anything for. In this sense that I accept the fact that this could be wrong. And so I will only act according to my feelings. And my feelings are that love prevails. And I think that beliefs can be limiting. They can be dangerous when people hang on for dear life to beliefs because that's the way that they feel safe, then we see all kinds of excess. That's when we see people doing things that are not reasonable, that are not loving, just because they think that it fits their belief and it is reassuring to them. And um, I think that a lot of the belief system from what I have experienced, is related to fear. When there is comfort, when we are comfortable with what we live and we don't fear being wrong because our reality is what we embrace here and now, then there is no need for a set of beliefs that is written in stone. My only belief is, it's not my only belief, of course, I have opinions, and we should have opinions, but I'm okay to find out that I might be wrong. It's okay. So along the path, there was discomfort, and there was a little fight between my intellect and my heart. And uh, I think a lot of us might go through that. And it's fine. It's just fine. It goes away. And there is no need for markers. The only marker that counts is to be living in the field of love, to be able to experience it, to be able to experience that quantum reality, to know that there is only one reality, which is that trinity of life, light, and love, and to just live it. If if we're wrong, then we're wrong. It doesn't matter, because that's worth living. That's what it is for me. And I wanted to share that with you, because it has brought me to a place where I am very comfortable and those experiences that were a little bit surprising and um, destabilizing in the beginning have changed, have been integrated, have been more subtle since then, even though they're still there. And um, it all depends. It's not a linear thing. Sometimes I still have those experiences, sometimes not. Whatever it is, It is, and I'm fine with it. But also what has been very comforting is 
the lack of need for markers. I don't need labels. And I believe none of us needs labels. Labels are only needed when we're not comfortable. And we wonder, where am I? We are on the path. That's what matters. We are on the path. Is there an end to the path? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. As long as we know that we are on the path to self-realization, to the here and the now, to the field of oneness, then I believe we're doing good. Again, I said, I believe. I really do. But if I'm wrong, I'm open to that. I'll find out when I die. When I drop this body, then I'll see a bigger truth. And I'm fine with that. So I wanted to share that with you because, like I said, it has been my experience. There has been times of great comfort, great, great comfort, and especially now. And there has been times of more difficulties. And I'm sure there will be more because I'm in a physical body. And uh, that's okay. So I just hope that I won't be tested too much. And if I am, that I'll be able to cope with it. So I hope that sharing this with you might have been useful. And um, that if you recognize some of the experiences or some of the discomfort, some of the questions, that you'll go, oh, Okay, seems to be part of the process, so we'll just wait it out and uh, be patient and go with the flow. So that's what I wish you, to just go with the flow, not resisting it, not being impatient, just knowing there's a time for everything. And there are times that are more comfortable than others, and that's okay. That's true for everything, and it is also true for our growth in consciousness. So um, I have planned to divide this um, episode into segments. This first segment, I wanted to share that with you. The second segment that we're going to do will be on more techniques from Kolemni. I have noticed that There has been a lot of um, people responding to the two uh, episodes where I shared techniques. And I thought, uh, since you like that, we'll go for more. So um, in a little bit, we'll take a little break and you'll be able to stretch and maybe grab a paper and pen if you want to write some notes about uh, what I'm going to share with you. But you can always go back to Voice America and listen to the the recordings. Now, at the end of this month, this show will be over. But you can also check on iTunes. And um, you have all the podcasts there to listen to again if you want to practice the techniques with my guidance. Um, also, on my website, kolemni.info, if you go to the left, col- the right column, sorry, the one in English, um, you go to the video and books section, and uh, you also have a link, a direct link, uh, under Blooming in the Light, to the podcast on iTunes. So you'll always be able to listen to them again. Um, you can also go straight on Voice America and um, um, what do you call it? Get the MP3. Download the MP3. Um, so you can have it and listen to it whenever you want. So um, next week I'm planning on doing something with Michi again because Like I said, Michi is 92. We really want to share what she has to offer. It's very, very special 
So we are going to have another episode with Michi in two weeks. Right now, we're going to take a little break. You get that pen and paper, glass of water, stretch, and we'll be right back. Marie-Helen Turin wrote a French country cookbook with her son, Matthew, Petit Paris at Home. This book has interesting food facts, often related to history, and is beautifully illustrated with drawings and color pictures. From their restaurant to your table, these are simple, affordable, and fabulously delicious French recipes. Visit Marie Helen Shop on Etsy at Marie Helen Creations for the cookbook and other fantastic items. Just search the header for cookbooks. Did you know that how you are feeling makes perfect sense when you look at it through the eyes of an energy healer? Join Ariel Hardy for Energetically Speaking, a show that will help you to understand what your energy field looks like and how to maintain its balance. With over 20 years of experience as an energy healer, Ariel now shares her secrets of how she stays connected to heaven and earth through challenging times. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Kalemni is an ancient, proven technique of energy healing. Kalemni uses the universal light to stimulate the healing mechanisms of the body. It's very gentle and yet powerful, and it can easily be learned and successfully practiced by anyone. You too can learn Kalemni and help yourself and your loved ones to feel better. A three-day training workshop will be taught by Marie Helen Turan in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on August 26th, 27th, and 28th. For more information or to reserve your space, visit MarieHelenNow.com. Click Kalemni, then Courses. You're listening to Blooming in the Light, To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to kalaini at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And here we are again. Thank you for being with us. It's really something that I really appreciate. I, I have enjoyed doing this um, show very much and I'm looking forward to the last few episodes uh, again um, since we are going to be talking about Kolemni there is going to be a class I'm teaching a workshop at the end of August the last weekend in August in Cedar Rapids, Iowa it is getting not full yet but it is coming along nicely. We do have people coming from Seattle, from Massachusetts, from Pennsylvania, and of course people from Iowa. Since we are in Iowa, it would be really silly not to um, use that opportunity. Uh, but it, is, it promises to be a really good group, and I'm really excited about it. So if you are interested, you can go again to kolemni.info, and on the right column, that is the the one in English, because the left column is in French. So you're welcome to go visit the French one and uh, brush up on your French. But um, for practical purposes, I think the going to the English column would be wiser. Or maybe not. You might be very good. Uh, if you go to courses, then you will have all the details of the course. And you will click on register. And that will give you all the information to register for this course. It's a three-day course. It starts on Friday at 3 in the afternoon and um, then Saturday and Sunday. And I believe we're stopping at 5 on Sunday. So those who are flying in can flying, uh, fly in um, Friday morning and fly out Sunday afternoon. So uh, it, is, it is very exciting. I'm, I'm very, very very happy, especially when at least one of my students is coming to do it as a review course. And she's coming from Seattle, and I'm, I'm very, very excited to have that happen. So um, I was talking to Michi yesterday, and um, I asked her, Michi, do you think it would be uh, 
good to give more techniques because people seem to really enjoy those. And she said, oh, absolutely, by all means, let's do it. So I said, well, which ones do you think we should do? And so she suggested a few. One of them I want to start with because we have talked about spiritual growth. And spiritual growth, in my opinion, is only beneficial when it is well integrated in a person's relative life, in a person's daily worldly life. It might be very good, and it probably is for monks, but we are not monks. At least I'm certainly not one. So that spiritual growth is there to improve our daily life. It's not just something up in the sky. It is something to make us whole and to make us radiate the glory of the Creator and bring some of that love, light, and life to others so they can be nurtured by it. So for that, we have a physical body. We live in the physical world, and we need to integrate both. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi used to say 200 of life, 100% of life, 100% absolute quantum field, 100% relative worldly life. And infusing them into each other is what really brings self-realization, nurturing the seed of the self, blooming in the light. So we are going to talk about things that are physical, so we can integrate everything. And I have chosen something funny to start with. It's not funny in itself, but the contrast is funny. And I'm doing it on purpose. The first technique I want to give you is one of sculpting the body to the size that is best for us, that is most comfortable for us, because some of us have weight situations. And those weight situations, even though they might seem really a worldly thing, you know, and I picked it on purpose because of the contrast. I, I, I think that um, it, it, it's kind of a funny thing to do. Anyways, um, when there is a situation of a weight that is less than ideal, it can really weigh, and again, I should have picked a better, sense, a better word, but it can weigh on somebody's balance, inner balance, whether the weight is not enough or too much. So this is a technique here that uh, aims at bringing us to our optimum weight. So I'm saying optimum on purpose. You know, some people will think that, oh, they're really too fat when in fact they're not at all. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about situations where there is really a need. And where that perception of our body is not beneficial to our inner balance. Some people, and a lot of us, have had that experience, unfortunately, because we are in a world that really gives us, tries to stereotype us into having having that perfect body. Well, to start with, that perfect body, when you think of what a body is, it's an amazing tool. It is something that we should honor because it is, it's a miracle. It's a simply a miracle. But if it is out of balance, then of course, we need to bring it back to its equilibrium. So um, this being said, the technique is one to be practiced about five to 10 minutes every day. And again, it is a technique that brings us to use this level of life, this level of oneness of life, where all is light, all is energy, when there is no differentiation, there is no differences, there is just that quantum reality. 
and we're going to visualize again because visualization like if you have practiced the orange exercise that was played a few weeks ago and again last week you will know that there there is a reality there it's not an imagination it's not something fake it is quite real it's just a different reality a different level so we're going to do that we're going to visualize our body create an image of our body at its optimum volume and of course I like I said you know we want to be realistic I am five feet tall I'm not even five feet tall to tell you the truth I'm not going to imagine my body or to visualize my body being five six because it's not going to happen I am over 60 years old I'm not going to grow that way if I grow somewhere it's going to be sideways we know that for a fact so we want to visualize our body at a very healthy size, a very healthy volume, and one that is good for us. So we will create this image in our mind with our third eye view. On the screen of our consciousness, on the screen of our awareness, we project that image of our body at this ideal, optimum weight and volume. And then what we do is that we visualize a network, an incredibly complex network of light streams, of light that will create, like I said, a network, like a fishing net, but very, very, very tight, where all the cells are nourished by the light, and everything is communicating with everything. So we create that net, we see it in our body, and there are little segments of light, of golden light, that feed and nourish every single cell of our body at that quantum field, quantum level, I should say. And we hold this visualization. We nurture our whole body, all our organs, all our cells, all our nerves, everything at that level where there is no difference, where there is only energy, but we nurture it in that vision of our body in its optimum volume and weight and shape. And we hold that. And we do that five to ten minutes a day. And we can do it in two segments. We can do it in the morning, five minutes, in the evening, five minutes. One thing that is important is we do not strain. We never strain. It's like with TM. We don't strain. If our mind wanders, fine. We'll bring it back. We know how to do that. We bring it back. Once we have gotten into the habit of creating this vision, this image, it will be very, very easy to get back to it. But if we can't get back to it right away, then we allow our mind to come back to it gently. Never, ever strain. It never brings good results. So this is the first technique that I wanted to share with you. And when we do that regularly, and of course, that does not mean that that alone is going to do it. I mean, if we do that and then sit on the sofa and eat Twinkies for the rest of the afternoon, we might not get the proper result. It's very likely that we won't. So, of course, we want to use this with intelligence. We want to do that and maybe go for a walk or a little run, something also that is not excessive, but something that is good, not excessive in the sense that it's not less than what it should be, or more than what it should be. What is good for us? And we need to learn to listen to our body. 
When our body gets into, if we're running, if we're walking, when our body gets into that zone where you're not too sure if you're doing anything, if it's walking on its own, like I read one time in a book, that stage where you're not sure whether you're breathing in or the air around you is breathing out into your lungs. I loved that. I thought that was such a good way of putting it. When you just one with everything, and that happens only when if you do not strain. If we strain, forget it. It's not going to work. So we find that place of calmness within ourselves, and we do some exercise. We eat wisely. Lots of greens, lots of fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Uh, we avoid sugar. We avoid unhealthy fats. Um, we avoid alcohol. A little red wine, in my opinion, again, is not bad. But moderation, 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 moderation in everything. And um, it's always a, a plus. But we can eat raw foods too. If it agrees with us, that's a very good thing to do. And and we just be good. We get enough sleep because also sleep has been something very important in terms of weight. So if our sleep is not well, then we address the problem. We seek help. Um, there are many things we can do for that. So we are always wise in what we do. We don't, you know, I, I remember one time a girl who came to ask me for kolemni, and she said, I, I, nobody can heal me. Well, I thought, no wonder. I mean, only you can heal yourself. We can only help you, but I didn't say that. And um, she said, I've seen, every, I've seen all kinds of people and doctors and chiropractors and everything, and she was overweight. And I asked her how she was eating and how she was moving, and, and she said, um, I take my cat out. That was her exercise, taking the cat out. And you know what? I can't do much for people who react like that. They, we, we are responsible for ourselves. Nobody else is. That's a fact, I think. So we need to take care of ourselves and be wise. The second uh, technique that I want to share with you is one that is related to planting. And I think it's a really fun one. And uh, it's a little late in the season to plant, but we will, you will be able to plant winter crops. So what we do is to prepare the seeds by getting them energized. So, of course, we prepare the land, I mean, the soil, the way we always do, and we do everything the way we're supposed to be doing. But then what we're doing to, going to do is to hold the seeds in a certain way. So, we're going to take the seeds in our hand, in one hand. We're going to put the seeds in our left hand and cover it with our right hand in the following way. We're going to put the palm of the hand over of the right hand over the palm of the left hand with the fingers of the right hand at the left wrist. And so we're going to hold this little pod that we're creating firmly. We press the hands over each other, but the hands are cupped. So the seeds are in that little pod of energy that is going to come from the palm of our hands. And um, now we're going to send energy through the seeds. First, we're going to feel the energy come from our feet. If you can do this, Standing outside barefoot on the earth, it is much better than doing that on the third floor of your apartment. So you stand on the ground, feel the energy from the earth entering the little chakras type of thing that are at the bottom of your feet and go up your legs 
up your spine, down your arms, and out the palm of your hands. And you have that moist, damp, cool energy that will enliven the seeds. You will feel this surge, this charge of earth energy coming up through you. It will probably move slowly. Now, you will also open your crown chakra. The way we open a chakra in our system is to imagine that you have a clock pasted on your head. And you will follow the hands of the clock clockwise and do a couple of turns gently with your fingertips or in your eyesight, in your mental eyesight. So you visualize a couple, two, three turns like that, opening the crown chakra. And you let the sun energy in. And you feel it moving down to your hands. So you get the dark of the hidden earth female energy coming from your feet, mingle with the electrical bright masculine solar energy. But it is not one with it yet. Now you breathe in consciously the Holy Spirit, the air, the divine breath of life, the prana. You breathe in that air and let it go to the seeds in your hands. And you bless them as you do that. Remember that the blessing is not words. It's a movement of force, life, and power. This, the life, breeds the blessing. It unites that life breath. That blessing unites earth and sun. It is a triangle again. Feminine, masculine, and spirit. If you are planting a large quantity, so first of all, you're going to sit like that, I mean, stand like that for a few minutes, just breathing in and blending, uniting these two energies, the one coming from the earth and the one coming from the sun with the prana, with the breath, and feeding the seeds with that powerful energy. Now, if you're planting a large quantity, say you're planting a basket of grain or potatoes, then you won't be able to hold them in your hands, obviously. So for practical purposes, you may bury your hands deeply in the seeds and go through the sequences that we have just um, explained. And have your hands spread that energy. You have probably seen such things before, people preparing the seeds. This is one way you can do it with the Kulemni technique. So when you are ready to plant things, to sow things, seeds, I hope you will practice it and get wonderful results because the seeds are just fed with life at this point and they are empowered. So, um, like I was saying, next time that this is what I wanted to share with you today, um, next, uh, our next um, episode is going to be with Michi. I'm going to bring Michi back. Um, and then we will have, I think that we'll have one more episode and that will be it. That will be it for our sharing at this point. Um, I think I have shared the most important things that I wanted to share with you. Now the only thing left for me to share will be the practice of Kulemni. And again, like I said, um, if you live in a country where Kulemni is not being taught, I am willing to travel. Um, Of course, some countries might be a little far. I might not work. But I am in France a lot. So all of the European countries are very easy for me to go to. And um, then, I, but I would need, of course, to be invited and to have a group ready to learn. 
But I I stay near Bordeaux, and it's really easy to fly to England, to fly to the Netherlands, to Germany, to Denmark, to Italy, Spain, Portugal. Those are next door. It's just all of them is less than an hour flight. So um, I, I would be very, actually very happy. And I can teach the Switzerland also. I can teach in French and in English. And... Um, of course, for Portugal and Spain and Italy, that is not extremely useful. But I'm sure there are people over there who speak French or English who could be trained. And and then we can have Kulimni, you know, after they have been practicing for a while. I will also be training um, instructors. So I will be doing that in Europe quite a bit. And so... Um, in a few years, we could just make Europe independent in terms of its Colony teachers. It could have its group of Colony teachers and have people like you and me, simple people who just want to be helpful for their loved ones themselves and to bring improvement to the life of others and love and light. Um, be doing that with Colony. So, again, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate um, your company. And uh, I will be with you again next week. You are listening to Blooming in the Light. I am your show host, Marie-Helen Turen. Remember, you can join me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to welcome you. You can email me your questions or comments at kolemni at gmail.com or you can like my Kolemni Facebook page at, uh, on you know, the Kolemni Facebook page, Kolemni Healing Technique. Uh, you can also go visit my webpage, kolemni.info. So until we meet again next week with Michi, I wish you a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you again for being with me, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for Blooming in the Light. Please join Marie Helen Turin again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of the program on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.